Recorded live. Scuba Obsessed is the weekly podcast where we talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba in the news. Scuba Obsessed episode 54 was recorded live Thursday, February 3rd, 2011. Welcome to Scuba Obsessed, episode 54, Something About Nitrox. Here's some of the stories we'll cover in the news this week. Jim Bite, more shock, sharks, invasive fish, planting fish, sanctum opens, and a spot for divers. And like I'm in the habit of always doing, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Jim, from the this side of town this time, or other time, or something like that. How you doing, Jim? Hey, I'm doing well. I think it's time to start talking some scuba. It is. It certainly is. I'm ready for it. Uh, we've we've had a lot of hard water falling from the sky, so uh, good to talk about something that's a little bit liquid. Wow. So no you, kidding. I cleaned <laughs> a lot of it out of my driveway. <laughs> I parked 15 feet from the road, and I had to shovel 30 feet because I hadn't plowed the road yet. So that was no fun. How, how did you? And you you played hooky one day, if I remember correctly. I did. I was told not to come in. They told not you not to, to come in. So I took advantage of that first time in 23 years or something oh, like that. Wow. So. Yeah, there's a lot of businesses closed for the first time in a, in a long time. And actually, overall, easy for me to say, I didn't think it was all that bad. I think we kind of got lucky with how much it could have dropped on us. How much did you have there at the house? I, ha- I think I probably had about seven inches, not counting drifts. Yeah, I'm probably thinking about the same. I was I was guessing seven or eight inches, and uh, we didn't get a whole lot of drifts in here. But uh, the plow uh, that went by the end of the driveway three times while I was blowing it out really kind of got my attention. <laughs> yeah, they they had a lot of cleaning up, and they are still doing it today. So we got some yep. snow. So hopefully you came in from the cold, listened to Scoob Obsessed, and we're going to head right on into the news at this point. Got a chat room with some people in it always looking for for more so if you're hearing this recorded please make sure you tune in the chat room thursday nights 9 p.m eastern time and let's see the first article we'll go talk about uh jim bite uh jim abernathy is uh bitten by sharks in bahamas uh he runs a florida-based commercial scuba diving company and he suffered a shark bite to the arm wednesday and was airlifted to saint mary's medical center in west palm beach um, this condition wasn't reported, uh, wasn't known at the time of this report, but he's presumed to be okay. Uh, he'd been diving aboard a 65-foot live aboard the sheer water. So I guess he was uh, involved in some controversy. I don't know him directly, but somebody in one of his uh, dive charters uh, had had gotten bit before, uh, and they got a discussion going on down there about baiting in the waters. So it's not clear what the circumstances were this time around, if it was uh, from related to chumming or not. But uh, one of the things that, that people were complaining about uh, was, was chumming and then being outside of shark cages. Yeah, you would think that that would be asking for something to happen if you were chumming and, and trying to entice the fish into a frenzy like that. But uh, I don't do that for a living. Yep, it, it's... Report from the chat room is that he's fine and he's out of the hospital now, so that's a good thing. Yes, always like to hear that. But uh, 
kind of hope that we can find out some details about so we can learn from others' mistakes. That's the best way. I, I like to learn from somebody else's mistakes other than my own. And then his next article is thousands of sharks spotted off Palm Beach. There's actually a video that goes along with this, which we'll paste that into the chat room. But uh, they, at first, you don't realize those are sharks. It looks like uh, like just fish. I mean, just a bunch of dots here. And when you watch the video, you can see them, and there has to be thousands of sharks all migrating. And this was this was a pilot, Steve Irwin. Um, he he wasn't even planning on taking the photo. He actually pulled out his iPhone and started taking uh, the video because he wanted to share it. And it was just it is uh, impressive. It, it is so just you know. It's hard to put in perspective, you know, wildlife and animals and density. And, and when you see a concentration like this, it's amazing. Could you imagine being down there when they these, these sharks all decide to go by whatever you were doing? Oh. And the next one, this is in uh, Rich's backyard. Uh, Asian carp aren't the only invasive species to Lake Erie. This one was the round gobies compete with the small bass bass and the Ohio Sea Grant Research, and they're talking about the gobies. And I didn't think this was all something too new. Isn't that what we're seeing on the wrecks over here in Lake Michigan? Yeah, I believe it is. Um, and I didn't know that they were an invasive species up until mm, a couple of months ago that I yeah. was reading up on it. Well, I, interesting. I had a feeling they're invasive, but I didn't know to the extent. But they, they've got them in... Uh, Lake Erie now. Well, they they, they actually started, uh, according to Wikipedia, you know, the, the authoritative source of all things, in the St. Lawrence Seaway there, or St. Clair River. I said St. Lawrence. I meant St. Clair. Invasive species. Uh, they said some of the positive things is that they do eat the, the snails and the mussels, and they have an unintended benefit of uh, the Lake Erie water snake and uh, an endangered species is found to have a tasty addition to its diet by chowing on the gobies. So um, they also eat zebra mussels too. Yeah, yeah, zebra mussels and the the quagga. Next article. This one was a it was a, somebody in Gloucester, uh, a keeper of dive locker, tells of his underwater world. And uh, I love that mask he's holding up here in the article. It almost looks like, uh, I haven't seen it before. It looks a little bit uh, out of a sci- sci-fi movie. Uh, visit the dive Because wouldn't that be a neat find? Yeah. Oh, yeah, could you imagine? Of course, I don't think you'd be finding that underwater. At least, is that maybe that is what he found. I was thinking it was like a dive regulator. Uh, it says a visit to the diving um, no, locker. It looks like a gas mask. A visit to the dive locker induces his own sort of rapture of the deep, with symptoms including giddiness and mild disorientation. Interesting. Uh, he's 77. He's done a variety of dives, including the Andrea Doria. Dove was recently as 2009, right outside the center center's um, location. So I, I hope to be diving when I'm 77. Heck yeah! Maybe next year for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> and then uh, the Sanctum opened. By the time you're hearing this, uh, the Sanctum will be in your local theater or, or at least a major theater. Uh, and it, it, op- it pre-opened in Florida. The movie debuted to Cheers as Skiles is Remembered. And uh, Skiles' brother said if Wes was here, he'd be bouncing around with big with his eyes all big. So they're saying that the movie was loosely based on a situation that happened with them when they were diving 
in a cave in Australia, and the rain came in and started to flood them. It took them two days to get everyone out. Could you imagine the terror? I mean, maybe they kept their wits about them, but I'd have been, uh, uh, that would sure try it. That, that's when you hope for a rebreather, isn't it? <laughs> hope you had enough, a little bit of bottom time there that you can go ahead and yeah, handle if you, it. If you're down there far enough, you'd, you're in trouble anyway. Yeah. So I, I, I need, I want to see them. I don't know if I'm going to be able to see the movie this weekend, but I want to get in and see that. Right. Some I'd like that. to see it in, in one of the 3d venues. Yeah. Following some of the conversations on Twitter, they had somebody who was saying uh, that they're hope that we're a diver and they're hoping it didn't turn them off a of diving, which I don't, I mean, if you can, if you can continue diving after watching open water, then I can't see where the sanctum would scare you. <laughs> right. And then this last one is uh, Fabian Costeau brings conservation to Gulfstream students. Um, he, he's talking to some students. Uh, he says the students are his favorite audience because nothing is impossible with them. Uh, he was talking through a second grade, through eighth graders and the Gulfstream, uh, Gulfstream Schools Chapel. He shared facts about his grandfather with students. He said that his grandfather invented the scuba regulator. is also instrumental in the production of the first underwater cameras. Uh, he showed the students black, Jacques Cousteau's first black and white TV documentary and shared his own documentary experiences and tricks he learned from his grandfather. But what he's really trying to do is promote a program, which is Planet Fish. So if you go to www.plantafish.org website, and they're talking about uh, doing some things that looks like off New York City. So is a program working to bring 1 billion oysters to New York City's harbors, a replant 1 billion sea turtles in El Salvador, and plant 1 million mangroves in Florida. So that's a, that's an ambitious undertaking, and hopefully he's successful with his efforts. Yeah, there's if you look into that, they've got things going on all over the place. Uh, there's some, some things about uh, uh, an oyster bay, um, putting it back in the Hudson River, turtle programs, mangrove uh, garden programs, coral uh, issues, really neat. I'll bet they're, uh, uh, if you got into one of those areas, they'd be looking for volunteers and people to help too. So Yeah, uh, quite a variety of projects, so some great stuff. So that's what we have for this week in the news. And if you... That went fast. That did, that did. A lot of typing, so... I'm ready for a nap. Is that a bad sign? (laughs) I can tell what is going uh, on. Oh, it's just been a long day. So we got that done. Uh, So this last week we went uh, to, is it Battle Creek or Kalamazoo? I'm never sure. I feel like it's kind of in between Battle Creek. So we went to Battle Creek and we did our nitrox class at the subaquatic sports center uh sass scuba uh and the person teaching the class was rick sass so uh, after getting done with the class and since we didn't fail <laughs> and, and he hadn't gotten tired of us that much uh, rick agreed to do an interview so <laughs> so uh what we'll do is we'll play the the interview here for you thank you for sitting down with us and, and giving us a talk and we're at sass right now we just finished up our nitrox class our basic nitrox class and uh, it was taught by Rick Sass of Subaquatic Sports and Service in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan. And um, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. That's great. 
and Darren's here with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm hanging around. And uh, so we just we just finished up the class, and it was it was really neat, and it, it shed some light on some of the things that we thought we knew and that we did know, and it just reinforced uh, some of the goods and the bads of it. And so I'd like to throw some questions to Rick so that you guys can hear what uh, kind of some of the things that we picked up. Nitrox, what, what basically is nitrox when we hear about it in diving? Nitrox is just more oxygen in the gas supply you're breathing than what you're breathing right now. Everybody knows we're breathing air, which has got 21% oxygen. We're going to be breathing something generally in the neighborhood of 32 to 36% oxygen. Right. So it, now that lets us dive deeper, right? Negative. It lets you dive really mid-range depths. It's a, a great gas for that 50 to 90 foot range. It really extends the bottom times. It shortens your surface interval times. Uh, it, you just have less nitrogen loading because you just have less nitrogen to absorb. So we can stay down longer. Absolutely. Okay. So that would be great. Like if we we're going to go on a trip or do something like that where we're paying top dollar, to get in the water, we can spend more time in the water than out during a service interval. Oh, absolutely. And for people that are doing liveaboard boats or they're doing uh, dive locations like West Palm Beach or maybe better yet uh, Bonaire where people are doing four and five dives a day, hey, you know, you're, you're just going to be able to get so much more value out of your dollar because those last th- dive four and dive five, you're not so shallow and so short just because you got so much nitrogen in you. You're, you've got all kinds of time. You'll never run out of dive time with nitrox generally. I'd love to be able to get four and five dives oh, in Oh, that'd be day. great. Uh, now, can we get nitrox just about anywhere? Is it pretty common? I would say generally, yes. Nowadays, it's become that way. And when it came out and you start seeing it in the, in the mid and late 90s, it was a little harder to find. But for the most part, most dive operations in the Caribbean, most places down in Florida are going to have it. Most dive stores even here in the Midwest have at least some way to provide nitrox to you. Not all of them, but I would say a good number, if not the majority do. Yeah, it sounds like a way to go on that. When we're talking about nitrox, it, it sounds all good, right? I mean, there's there's no bad side to it. We can't go real deep, but what else do we have to worry about? Well, recreationally, it's a gas that you're, you're not going to want to take uh, too deep because you can't take that much nitrogen or oxygen mix with you and get real deep anyway. So anything below past 90 foot, you start losing some of the benefits of the nitrox. Uh, like I say, the 50 to 90 foot range is really where it shines. By the time you start getting down to 130, the oxygen content you can take with you and still have it safe where you're not breathing too much oxygen content and you're going to run into kind of overdosing on the oxygen becomes prohibitive. So uh, it's really a mid-range gas. Anything below 100 foot starting to kind of lose its shine. Well, I guess. When you say overdosing, it sounds kind of serious. What do you? Oh, big what time. could happen? Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, serious stuff. It's like having a, uh, a, a grand mal seizure. And okay. obviously having a grand mal seizure would be a bad thing underwater because the seizure is not going to kill you. It's losing the regulator and drowning, that is. So the fact of the matter is, is yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, and you don't have warning sometimes that it's going to come on. There are some symptoms that might show up, but they also oftentimes show up concurrently with the seizure. So to push that oxygen window, as we call it, and get too close to that is, is not something that you want to be playing games with. Yeah. And so we usually keep that, uh, for those of you who are nitrox out there, you know what I'm talking about. We keep it at about 1.4 ATAs of oxygen, maxed out at about 1.6. For those of you who don't understand that, it's just, uh, it's kind of, I always use the analogy, uh, you can take two aspirin, they're fine. Taking 40 is not. And it's kind of what happens if you get too much oxygen in your system. That is, That sounds like uh, something to pay real good attention to. And we covered a lot of that in class today. 
Yeah. Now, as far as getting training, where would somebody go to get training on nitrox? Uh, beside subaquatic sports, yeah. <laughs> uh, most most dive stores are probably doing some form of nitrox training. Most of it can be done in most venues, whether it's PADI or NAWI or SSI or PDIC, uh, whoever. Uh, usually, in about a day, I usually do it as a one day class. Now, times uh, it's just a matter of how the the, the the course is structured by that particular organization. Uh, not really hard to do. Most people are diving with computers that are also nitrox compatible already, which makes it even easier to do. And uh, uh, then you've just uh, basically opened up the envelope of what that computer is capable of doing for you. Right. So if somebody was in Michigan and they wanted to, to check you out for training or anything else, what if, how would they get a hold of you? Well, lots of ways. You can obviously reach us by phone. Our website's www.sas dive.com and uh, we are you know, pretty easy to spot that way uh, uh, just google SAS or SAS dive and you'll find a subaquatic sports that will pull it up too okay great um, and I'm assuming your full service dive center yep we do anything that has to do with diving from basic scuba certifications instructor training courses technical training courses uh, dive travel all over the world uh, as we've talked about a little bit uh, yeah you certainly got, wet our appetite we've got a yeah, place that we got going Bonaire being one of them uh, and, and obviously we sell gear and, and do service work on gear too well great right. now from uh, nitrox class so we just completed our nitrox class what do you see most people similar to us doing for their next training? Boy, that's really a, a tough question. Depends because some people do the nitrox class right out of a basic scuba class just because they're going to go on one of these liveaboards and they want to be able to utilize the, the more downtime function of nitrox. So depending on where your training is, and I'm not sure exactly how much other training you've done beyond this, it could be everything from leading into uh, introduction to technical diving to uh, uh, master diver certification courses, uh, all kinds of other things. It literally is wide open where you go from here. All right. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. I think that just about does it. Thank you so much for uh, teaching us today. I learned a lot. I appreciated it and uh, sitting down with us uh, right after class. Well, we appreciate you coming over and taking the class with us. Thanks, Thanks Rick. Thanks. So that was a great interview with with Rich. Rich? I, I, I get Rich and Rick. So Rick. Rich. Rick. Rick is there. Rich is with us in the chat room. Yes, and uh, if, if you haven't been following Facebook or the website or any of the posts, you need to check out uh, Diver Sync. Uh, I can't tell you what night they're on because I never know. You just have to keep your eyes on the, the Diver Sync website, which is www.diversync.com. Um, so, and uh, we didn't have a dive last week, but we did have the nitrox course, which I thought went rather well. It was actually quite a bit more involved than I was expecting. I don't know if it needed to be quite as involved as it was, but I, I'm one who likes a lot of information, so that really wasn't a bad thing. What, well, I, I don't have any questions about it being too involved. If it, if we were looking at mostly doing, um, if we were looking at mostly doing tropical dives on a liveaboard, I think we had more than enough information to do that. Um, my whole intent for taking the course was using this as a springboard A to to uh, get a feel for um, for Rick as far as his instructing, and and to use this as a springboard for more technical training. So I wanted to make sure that I had a solid foundation to build on. Um, so looking at it that way, I don't think there was uh, too much too much information for me. No, I didn't think there was too much information. Uh, it was just that there were sections that I don't necessarily know if 
we're going to miss. I, I guess instead of saying too much information, I'd say it was very thorough. Uh, we had come from all, all my classes up to this point had been Patty, and this was a Nawi class. So I actually am a little partial to how Nawi wrote the book. I thought it was a little bit more aimed at uh, a way for me to understand. Patty, I think, was was it's written well. But I think they have a much broader audience, and I, I tend to like the more technical nature. So, but I, 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 it's going to be hard for me to judge since I haven't actually seen the the Patty Nitrox course. Right, exactly. I think they look at it from from a distant, different uh, perspectives. Um, but that's why different agencies are there. You know, you've got different uh, different choices to make, and uh, you make one and you run with it, and away you go. So, was there anything in the class that surprised you? Outside of Jim or Darren's house. Outside of Darren's house. Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. What was there anything that surprised me? Yeah, yeah. From the um, no, nothing that surprised me. I, I was looking at it. I was always trying to look at it from from doing it uh, some of the more advanced dive stuff. Um, trying to figure out a way that we can utilize uh, some of the enriched air to our benefit here diving in colder uh, water. Sometimes a little bit deeper, uh, still within recreational limits. Um, um, but uh, no, no surprises. How about you? I think I was surprised by how much the instructor-led portion of the class added to the book. You know, I, in, in my open water and the advanced open water, just the way that the Patty book, I hate to say it, kind of had a hard time concentrating. Uh, uh-huh. I really didn't have that problem in the book, but th- there was a lot that you gained just by the the lecture and the quizzing and discussion, plus getting... Uh, Rick sidetracked was actually quite enjoyable. We could get him on on other subjects. So, I think I think the the thing that surprised me most is how how bad I want to dive the bikini atoll. Yeah, uh, <laughs> boy, did they have some good stories. Wouldn't yeah, and, that be a blast? Well, and and that's something that other dive centers could could learn from. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe all dive centers do this, but he mixed all his slides up with actual dive trip photos. So if he was talking about something, he had. A photo of actually a dive that he had done so there are a few times i actually found that distracting and we had to ask him whatever that was so uh, but he yeah it, it was neat to it was neat to get a pitch in now and then for a trip wasn't it oh it was yeah he definitely uh, worked that to his advantage so but uh, just yeah very interesting plus uh if you have if that happens to be a store that you frequent uh, head on over there, and I bet you're going to see quite a bit of difference. Say, when we went into the classroom, everything was like how it's always been. Anytime we've gone to the store, we took the first break, and half of everything had been ripped off the walls. They were in the middle of remodeling. Right. It was it was kind of neat. Going to be moving some things around. So, but yeah, if you get an opportunity, uh, stop in up there in Battle Creek, and uh, I'm sure they'll take care of you. Yep. And and let them know you heard it from us, so that way he knows that there's more than two listeners. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So that was last week. Uh, what do we got on the agenda for this week? Uh, any dives planned? I think uh, I want to get in the water on Saturday. I haven't heard anything concrete. I know Mac was uh, okay. trying to orchestrate something about midweek, but uh, yeah. the, the, the snowmageddon came and, <laughs> and hit the Midwest. So you know, I don't know what the plans are. You mentioned snowmageddon. I was actually hope, you know, as I'm thinking, like, you know, hey, if I get if I get snowed in and I can't make it to work, I actually think that maybe I'll do an ice dive. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, well, how's you anybody going to be able to get over to me? You know, I, let me tell you a story about that. I was sitting there on Tuesday. 
it was about two o'clock. My boss says, look, the way it. Oh, I'm sorry, Jim. I'm sounds like I'm losing you. It's looking. Your, your boss said the way it was looking. Is that better? Uh, how about the way it was no. looking? I don't want you to try and drive in on. Is that better? No. <laughs> it's like okay. I'll just forget it. I'll it, tell you next week. Yeah, next week. <laughs> so your boss said the way it was looking. We we don't want me to drive in because I've got the furthest drive. So as soon as he said that, I was on the the I was gonna start texting you guys to see if we could set a dive up. Oh. And uh, I think he got a little offended at that, but he it over. <laughs> Like you oh. can make you can't make it into work, but you, hey, I didn't say I couldn't make it in. You He's, told me not to. Yeah, well, heck, heck, well, it's not like you're going to drive 30 miles into. I'm only 20, but so did you? Did you? Unless we went up to like 16. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, but it was it was rough getting out of the driveway. Like I said, it was, it was a little bit, but I think I could have, uh, you know, with sled dogs or snowmobiles. Now that now that's hardcore, isn't it? I think I think that qualifies for yeah. scuba obsessed if. I think that'd be the only reason yeah. I buy a snowmobile would be to go and haul the shanty to a dive site. Yeah, that's that's a good reason. That's all the reason you need, really. Well, maybe we need to get a uh, hovercraft, wouldn't you? Because know, you could use a hovercraft in the in the winter in the snow, couldn't you? You could. I think that would be great. Yeah. Um, doesn't one of the local uh, rescue departments have one? Yeah. That maybe we could liberate. <laughs> we have a diving emergency. We need you to come out here and take us ice diving. So uh, yeah, so I actually uh, back on what we're going to be doing this week, and I think I'm I'm ready for a dive. Uh, so oh, me too. We'll, we'll have to get get with Mac. Uh, you know, it's been two weeks, so hasn't qu- the the gear hasn't quite dried out, and and I think we get a little moistening effect by doing the nitrox course. I think that you know you're, it puts your gear in a holding pattern, so it's not like we weren't completely uh, doing something scuba obsessed. So. Uh, what what lake are we gonna do? You know, I'm I'm okay. I don't know. I, you know, I'm kind of thinking Singer would be fine, or something local. I, you know, I don't mind Lake 16, but it's kind of like if unless there's an an agenda to go all that way, mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with right. you know for the 20 minutes we're gonna get in the water, I'm okay with a local dip. Right, right. The uh, that's what I, kind of what I was thinking. Of course, if if uh, the consensus is to go up to 16, I'm I'm packing my gear too. Yep. So, but I'm thinking maybe so I, I, I need to uh, dry out my gear, though. Shouldn't I? So that'd be something I... You probably ought to. I'll tell you about a surprise that I had. Um, shame on me. But, you know, when we're diving uh, ice-cold water, you don't have to rinse your gear. You just hang it up, okay? So I haven't looked at my stuff, but one of my little uh, lights, it was a, a little, um, I think it was a AAA or AA light, had uh, had flooded unbeknownst to me and uh leaving it hang there the batteries blew up and and leaked out on my oh. wing my brand new wing i got for oh. christmas oh so i went at it there was baking soda everywhere in the kitchen <clears throat> as i'm cleaning my wife walks in and just walks back out again oh yeah um, everything's good though it's okay There's, so we, know, we didn't to have go. to cut you out of the ice though when she saw the the mess no, no, she didn't lock me out of the house, so that's a good thing. So I'm going to be in the market for a little light, and uh, we'll have to keep you apprised of what I decide to do on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the, the market for a light. I've got a good primary and a secondary, but they're like good starters. It's like something that you buy because you're taking a night diving class, and they told you the week before that you had to buy a light along right. with everything else. So that's what I've got now, and it really need the upgrade. So I'll, I'm to the point, do I buy an intermediate light? You know, do I get something that's 
you know, better than what I got, but still not what I want, or do I go the the canister? And I'm probably going to end up going something in between. I really want to get a nice canister, but when I start pricing them out, I'm it's kind of like dry suit light, dry suit light. <laughs> and yeah, we're prices, dealing with a limited budget. Yeah, yeah, the dry suit's going to yeah. win. Yeah, my thought on that is that I'm going to go with a, a good, strong, what would be considered a, a backup light. Um, and I'll use that for my primary light until I can get a, a lightsaber um, <laughs> HID or, or strong LED canister light. Yeah, well, I thought I kind of thought that the if it's the same light that died that you're the one I saw you with. I, I kind of liked that one. I thought that one was actually better than my primary for penetrating. It, it did work pretty good. Yeah. That's not the one that blew up on me, though. So. Oh, that wasn't? Okay. But uh, so, yeah. so, yeah, I would need something like that. Always, always plenty of gear to buy, more more to look at. One of the great things about diving or worse things, uh, depending on your perspective. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I thought having a boat could take some um, funds, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the boat's just dive gear. It all fits in. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing we were talking earlier about sanctum. So, you know, maybe we, we do an ice dive and then a sanctum run or something. Yeah. Yep, we could do that. Um, I don't uh, have Saturday evening available, though. That's the bummer. Uh, uh, now, you said 3D, so it's playing at 3D theaters? Yeah. Um, now, I don't know. Is, is this thing I haven't checked? Shame on me. But does anybody in the chat room know if this thing is going to be on uh, any of the big IMAX screens in 3D? Now, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, For us, it would probably be Grand Rapids would be the largest or the closest 3D mm-hmm. IMAX. So, I mean, that's what we yeah. need to do. Maybe we'll, we'll take a little... Uh, quest or trip to to see it i'd love yeah, to go, go see the movie now the only problem with that is, is my wife doesn't see 3d so probably going to have to do it as a a men's night out I'm, I'm good for that too yep so okay well that that's it so i, I think we got a good solid plan for something this weekend so I'll, yeah I'll, something is going to happen something's <laughs> going to happen um you know, morning's probably better than, than later in the day. Especially, yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to keep something close, so we'll see. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. We had uh, Thanks for everybody in the chat room coming. Uh, again, make sure you head over to iTunes and subscribe. If you have, if you, you know, you have to remember to every once in a while keep subscribing. If uh, you've downloaded a bunch of episodes and you're just listening and you haven't in a while you, you sometimes have to go back into itunes if that's the tool you're using and click on it and resubscribe so make sure that your subscriptions are active uh, also can subscribe on other devices such as the blackberry or uh, the zune uh, we support those all you can go over to the scuba obsessed website www.scubaobsessed.com also uh, twitter has been getting quite a bit of activity so you can follow the scuba obsessed twitter account which is uh, the at scuba obsessed and then Jim and I are also on Twitter, and you can follow us. Uh, those tend to be a little bit more uh, everyday type of stuff, not so much on the show, uh, like me shoveling or whatever I'm eating. I like to take pictures of food. So <laughs> <laughs> at Darren Jilson, D-A-R-R-I-N-J-I-L-L-S-O-N. And uh, what's yours on Twitter? J Kleeman, J-K-L-I-E-M-A-N-N. Yeah, so uh, we do the Twitter. And uh, also, if you like to follow other people in Twitter, we do have some Twitter lists. So, uh, a variety of them. We have Twitter lists. Did you say Twitter lists? Twitter lists. <laughs> what does it sound like? Twitter? Tweet? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is still, uh, in some parts of the country, it's considered uh, prime time. We don't want to. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, but there are some Twitter lists. Uh, scuba, I, we got four or five of those. We got scuba instructors, so you can slice and follow different people. So you just follow a list, and you follow everybody who we follow. So head on over to Twitter and do that. And that about does it. Hang on after the show. Uh, if you happen to be in the chat room when we end the show and you want to come on, we'll Skype you in and we do the Divers Roundtable. Also give some feedback on that if there's any topics. It's a little bit more random than the regular show. Uh, we've got some very positive feedback, but uh, each show is a little bit different. So it's kind of a, uh, I don't know, you, can, you don't call that a, a, a potpourri. What's that bag that you grab? <laughs> I, could, I could search for every term. Uh <laughs> Grab bag, oh grab bag, baggy grab. That uh, would make sense. Grab bag, is that what that is? Uh, grab bag. <laughs> Guess. Yeah, grab bag. Um, oh. Like a collection of. Oh. It is coming to IMAX in Grand Rapids. IMAX, is it coming or is it already there? Thanks, Philip, for that link. Ah, cool. Uh, on the fourth. On the fourth. Hey, what that is? What's today? Tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have to go and do that. Hopefully it's there for quite a while. That that would be a show just in the water. And uh, some of the quick reviews I've read so far is that scuba divers like it, which, hey, that's all that counts. It right. is scuba obsessed. So on that note, I think we've come to that part of the show. It's that time. That time. So hold on. You've been warned. Okay, here we go. A fairweather diver walks into a bar in Michigan, and he clears his voice to the crowd of drinkers and says, I hear you ice divers are a bunch of hard drinkers, and I'll give $500 to anybody in here who can drink 10 pints of Guinness back-to-back. The room is quiet, and no one takes him up on the uh, fairweather diver's offer. One man even leaves. 30 minutes later, the same gentleman who left shows back up, taps the fairweather diver on the shoulder and asks if the bed is still good. He says yes and asks the bartender to line up 10 pints of Guinness. Immediately, the ice diver starts to tear into 10 pints of Guinness, drinking them all back to back. The other bar patrons cheer as the fairweather diver sits in amazement. He pays the $500 and says, if you don't mind me asking, where did you go for the 30 minutes you were gone? The ice diver replies, oh, I had to go to the bar down the street to see if I could do it first. What? I kind of like that. <laughs> oh, no. That's <laughs> mad. <laughs> You're losing it. I'm losing it. Oh, losing goodness. We'll work on that. Yeah, we'll have to take a look. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll have to do a vote to see uh, which are the worst or best of, of the ones we've done. But uh, thank the you for listening. Worst of the best of the best. <laughs> exactly. So, until next week, go out there and get wet. And dive safe. And then anybody in the chat room want to stop the strain? Anybody want to come on in? Twitter list, Twitter list, Twitter list, Twitter list. Twitter list, Twitter list. You're supposed to say it three times. I wasn't going to try it I, until we were done I, with the actual I can't, show. I can't, I, I can't talk or uh, talk. Count. Huh? <laughs> can't do that huh? either. Huh? Huh? So let's oh. see. So, Rich, you, you ready? You want in? I'll be on Skype. Okay, so that's, we got Phil, yep.
So we add Phil to the conference. We'll add Rich to the conference. Sure. She's got the same problem you've got. Sure. How about anybody else in there? Mac, he's in there. Let's see if he's ready. Not seeing him on yet. Uh, let's see. Dave threw up his... Uh, Dave, yep, so let's go ahead. Dave, we'll add you in there. If I can figure out add people. So we go. He'll probably scream at me. Let's see how that works. Um, 